Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. Welcome to episode 23. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel, from Photoscribe. Hey, Rachel. Scott, how are you? I'm doing well. Wait, hold on, Scott. Rachel doesn't have a last name. You get a last name, but she doesn't. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I like that's it. Funny. Yeah, that's that is funny. So, um, Rachel Conley from Photoscribe. <laughs> um, so uh, the last episode was um, was great. We talked to Jasser, and um, oddly enough, I was just talking to to Don uh, earlier before we started recording about Jasser. So. It, that just totally slipped my mind that he was the last guest. Um, so that was a great conversation. But this week we have Don Kamarechka. Did I get that right? You did. All right, cool. Um, I always I always worry that I'm going to get that wrong. But you know, anyway. So I saw you spelled it out phonetically in the show notes. Of course, <laughs> of course. I like to do that, especially when the names are hard. My everybody gets my name wrong too. So, um, so. Um, Don is a nature, macro, and landscape photographer, and he's located in Barrie, Ontario, in Canada. Barrie. Barrie, okay. So you I got, got my name right, at least, so yeah, you get yeah. points for that. Yeah, so um, Don likes photographing auroras, pollen, insects, uh, infrared, and uh, especially snowflakes. Now, if you're not watching the video, I'm, I'm holding up his book right here. Um, so uh, if you're not watching the video, you should watch the video because I just showed the book. So <laughs> much of Don's photographic adventures reveal a deeper understanding of how the universe works. Exploring the world uh, that we cannot see with our own eyes has been a common thread in Don's career as a professional photographer. And he teaches workshops in the areas of nature photography, macro photography, as well as photographing, um, photographic editing and creative com compositions. And you'll learn a little bit about his workshop that he's got coming up later on when we ask him what's going on in the world of Don. Um, and we've got some really fun stuff. Yes, in the world of Don. Um, so I've known Don for many years now through social media and, and different places, but we've never chatted face-to-face -face until today. So this is really fun. Um, and uh, as it turns out, there's a chance that I might, we might get to meet face-to-face -face, um, very soon. So that's really exciting. Um, and I do want to point out, this is the last episode we're recording with Google Hangouts on air because they're actually... Um, getting rid of Google Hangouts on air, switching them to YouTube Lives, yep. and um, so we're either going to be using Skype or YouTube Live for future episodes to record. So um, if you notice that the video, the look of the video is different uh, in the past few episodes because we're experimenting with different methods of recording, trying to find what what works best for us. So. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome, Don. We're excited. Yes, um, thank you. So, for clarification in your, um, we talked a little bit about macro. Are you solely macro for your nature stuff, or do you do all sorts of... Oh, I do all sorts of, of stuff. Like, okay. I, I love astrophotography uh, and, and night sky stuff. Um, I do a lot of infrared landscape work, and so, you know, that, mm -hmm. that of course, is in the nature realm. Um, I'm most known for my macro work. I will say that, and that includes snowflakes, uh, water droplet refractions, and other kind of magical subjects within the macro area. Yeah. Um, but if I could put my photography under one sort of umbrella term, it would be the unseen world, the stuff you can't see with your own eyes. And so macro is a big part of that, but there are other things in there as well. 
Awesome. Like infrared, you can't see it with your own eyes. It's a yeah, really good exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great, it's a great way to put it. Um, so before we dive into what's going on with you, because you got some really cool stuff in the works um, and to share, um, I want to share three bits of, of WordPress photography related news. Um, the first one is NextGen Pro, the premium up version of our NextGen Gallery plugin at Imagely. Um, we just released um, a new update to NextGen Pro with two cool features. One is uh, direct to, light to Pro Lightbox is basically you can have albums with galleries in them, and then when you click on a gallery in, within an album, instead of it going to a gallery, it actually opens the Pro Lightbox with that gallery in it. That was a very popular request, so we added that. And then a new cart menu icon. So if you add a photo to a cart, you can have it show up in your in your navigation menu um, with a little shopping cart icon, and optionally have a dollar value put with that. And also optionally have it only show if there's items in the cart versus all the time. So that's a really cool feature. Is that native or does that integrate with WooCommerce? That is native to NextGen Pro. Awesome. That's great. Um, and then uh, we, uh, the other thing I want to mention is uh, the WordPress support form. So if you're trying to find support on a theme or a plugin in the WordPress.org support form, it's under reconstruction and it's kind of a mess. So <laughs> it's kind of like a store that is going under construction, but they stay open and they put signs to say, pardon our mess while we're open. That's pretty much what it looks like right now. It's kind of just, um, it looks like the support form went back in time and removed everything that was visually appealing about it. Um, but it's on purpose because they're trying to improve on it. So yeah. I don't understand the method to this to this madness, but um, it's supposed to be better for everybody in the long run. It's just been a, over a week like this, which is... Well, I feel like they do this WordPress, the WordPress community does this for uh, core updates too. We just don't see it because it's usually on the code side. So where yeah. this is a very visual ongoing thing, you know, you can see it. Yeah. So the, uh, basically what they're doing is um, there's a, a plugin called uh, BB Press, which is okay. used to be a separate open, soft, so open <laughs> source software. Now it's just a plugin for WordPress. It's a forum software, uh, forum plugin, and that's what they use for the support forms. But they're updating BB Press to the latest version and then styling it for the WordPress website. So um, that's basically what's happening. It's just right now it's got no styling, so it looks <laughs> really ugly. Um, so don't mind the mess. Um, the last bit is um, we just published a huge comparison. We know so many listeners and uh, viewers of this podcast are uh, interested in page builders. And um, so we partnered with uh, Corey Potter from Fuel Your Photos and did a very comprehensive comparison of all the different page, popular, I shouldn't say all the page builders, all the popular page builder plugins out there to help photographers decide which is best for each individual. So it's not saying this is best or this is best and you should use this. It's literally comparing, showing data behind the comparisons. Yeah, it's really comprehensive. Yeah, so, and then um, we got requests to add a couple others. So... Um, I'm waiting for new updates for Divi and new updates from Beaver Builder, and then I'm going to be doing four new tests, the new Divi, the new Beaver Builder, and then um, uh, two others that have requested to be added. So um, that'll be updated over and over again, I think, as time goes by. So that's the news. Awesome. That's, yeah. So, Don, um, it's your turn. Hello. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> for this. Um, why don't you tell 
everybody, first, what do you want to talk about first? Your workshops or the other All bit right, of so goodness? Scott and John are dying to say something. <laughs> they didn't even tell me. So go ahead, guys. What is All right. It? Well, uh, Rachel, you, you've admired my, my work with Snowflakes before, right? You mentioned that uh, uh, before we started broadcasting. And so there's a really fun announcement that I can finally make uh, with regards to that. Um, one of my images has been a, uh, a, adapted and, uh, and basically made into Canadian currency. Wow. So uh, I have one of my snowflakes uh, that is featured on a limited edition $20 pure silver, pure silver coin uh, that is currently available for sale through the Royal Canadian Mint and uh, any of their you know, post offices and things usually uh, carry them as well. Um, the mintage is only 6000 which is relatively low for a limited edition coin. So uh, it's uh, it's fun. It, it, they've put a glittering enamel on top of it to make it shimmer and sparkle, like uh, when you change angles of you know, looking at a real snowflake, you would actually see. Wow. And so that's uh, that's fun. Uh, I I'm I'm excited for that. And uh, it's uh, I I'm assuming that they're shipping now uh, because it's not like it's a pre-order on their website. So um, I I'm honored. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. That uh, that my work is now uh, immortalized on currency. Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, truly, as a photographer, you know, you have goals of printing and a book and quality, but that is like a whole another right. stratosphere, right? Wow. Isn't that cool. Hopefully, um, you have a whole bunch to collect and you know give to your kids and. Yeah, well, they, they they don't give them to me. Uh, I have to buy them. And uh, really, and so, well, I mean, if you. Uh, if you design a coin, because uh, the Canadian Mint does, oh, and some of them sell for like sixty thousand dollars, so uh, you're not going to just hand one over to the designer uh, as, as sort of par for the course. Right. So if they can't give every designer a coin, they give none of them coins. And if you want them, yeah, you know, the the purchase price. Well, the the sticker price is twenty dollars, uh, like uh, on the coin, like it that's its currency value. Right. But the cost to purchase one is over a hundred bucks Canadian, um, due to the pure silver nature and and, and everything. So, um, yeah, I've I've ordered a few absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I don't know if I'll be able to be handing them out like candy at that. Point. No, no, yeah. I would definitely be something so, to save. Um, for anybody who is listening to the podcast, if you want to uh, re uh, watch the video portion, I just screen shared the um, the page where you can actually preview and then purchase the coin. Um, and uh, we'll also link to that in the show notes as well if you want to check it out. Um, so that's, it's so exciting. Uh, I know I'm going to be picking up one because it's that's that's one of those things that it, it, first of all it's going to be rare, um, and then second, you know, when it's a, a a photographer that you admire and and uh, you know first of all you know when you compare the book <laughs> with the coin that's like that it's just awesome I, I'm uh, you know I'm you know it's like I'm proud of you for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you, Scott. I appreciate so, that. No, it's uh, you know it, it's been a long time uh, running. I mean. Um, I, I've been working with the Mint in various fashions that I can't necessarily describe because of non-disclosure agreements for a long time. Um, and to have this as a, uh, as a final product um, that, that I can announce my involvement in, um, I'm, I'm very happy about that. So well, and the fact that it's a direct image that you created, you know. It's got my initials on it, too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So yeah. the question I've been dying to ask is, you you know, you you focus a lot on the quality of your prints and um, 
making sure that your art is represented not only by the creation but then by the reproduction and how does that translate to your website and how when people come to view uh, your work? Well with with my work and it, it's my website, it's my social media posts, it's part of my brand, I don't just share my images, I share the story behind my images, I share uh, a bit of a narrative about how they were created, why they were created, um, you know, the, the challenges that were faced with that particular image, or just the details of the photograph. And so, if you go through my website, you'll notice that there's a few paragraphs or at least a few sentences on every single image that's there to give some background information. And some of them will even have behind-the-scenes images uh, alongside the, the finished product just to give people as much information uh, on the photo as they can because I've found that a lot of my work uh, is is better enjoyed when people have a greater understanding of it mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know I I, I was recently uh, working with uh, BBC Science on a documentary a series um, called Forces of Nature and uh, I, I did a lot of footage throughout the series, but also uh, my footage of a freezing soap bubble is used in the title card sequence of that documentary. And the words immediately preceding that, uh, spoken by Dr. Brian Cox, are, the world is beautiful to look at, but it's even more beautiful to understand. And, and I, I think that that comes through with a lot of my work as well, where... Um, Looking at it as just a photograph is wonderful, but there's a secondary level of beauty uh, that comes in when you understand what it is, uh, and that just adds a lot more value to it. So I make sure that I uh, that I create as much of that feeling as I can with my work everywhere that I share it. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I'm assuming you're on WordPress. Yes, so yeah. WordPress is the, the backbone of every website that I've ever designed. Um, going back to... You know, some of the earliest versions of WordPress and some, some of my very earliest websites might have used other uh, CMS engines but uh, as soon as WordPress was discovered in its infancy then everything was like a magnet towards that and uh, and so you know it, it, I, I've designed my own websites but like I've uh, I, I've built other websites like the um, uh, Outdoor Photography Canada uh, website which is a magazine that I write for in every issue uh, I design their website based on WordPress as well uh, and it's just really fun because even if you don't know how to do something all you have to do is figure out the glue to stick different things together yeah. uh, you don't have to create any of the pieces and uh, so like we have uh, paid photo contests where people pay a very nominal fee uh, to to enter the contest and I'm like okay well how do I do that there's no plugin for that um, so using WooCommerce to then make somebody buy something when they buy something it adds them to a group and then you can use that group as a filter to figure out uh, if they've paid for the contest and only if they've uh, if they're in that group then use a little bit of PHP code to show them the contest upload form uh, and so on and so forth so yeah WordPress is uh, is is key to just about everything that I do and isn't it amazing that you tried to you wanted to do one task and even though the plugin that you needed didn't exist from you know using another plugin and a an extension and then another thing and it all just you know you had it, it was a lot of work in the back end to make it happen but now on the front end it's seamless it's seamless nobody, nobody can tell what's going on in the back end it's right. like okay I, I click this button to pay and then oh well now I've got this wonderful form to upload my stuff and yeah. you don't have to be a professional coder you're a professional photographer but yet this is something that you can figure out 
Yeah, well, I mean, I do have a like I've I've dabbled in coding. I've got uh, some of my formal education is technically in software development, so uh, well, I am helps. a bit of a ringer in that <laughs> regard. Uh, but um, I I flunked out of that program uh, and then graduated from advertising instead. So uh, my formal education has been all over the place and has nothing to do directly with photography. Uh, <laughs> So how long, you, you mentioned you've been doing WordPress, working with WordPress since its infancy. How long have you been doing photography as a business? Um, well, let's see. I, I got my first camera in 2007. Uh, so that's less than 10 years since I've actually been learning photography. I would say that professionally I've been pursuing it for a, probably about six years now. Okay. And then... Where, where did it correlate in with the growth of your photography business into the growth of what WordPress was becoming? Did those work together, or was it sort of like a step and a grow and a step and a grow? Yeah, well, I, I had originally done a, a, a photo blog, which still exists somewhere, I think. I mean, I haven't updated it in, I don't know, four or five years. Uh, and so that was one of the first inceptions of using WordPress to promote my photography. And, and I found some really interesting plugins at the time. I was, um, geez, what was I doing? My wife and I, in 2009, we traveled across Europe uh, and just backpacked and what have you. And I would log in and post photos uh, and some narratives to that. And afterwards... Um, I had a little GPS uh, geo tracker that was um, just sort of in the camera bag, pulling down uh, geolocation information. This is before GPSs were, you know, uh, attachable to cameras in yeah. a convenient way. Um, and then I, I geotagged all the images from that entire trip. And uh, and then I found a way using some weird Google Maps plugin uh, to put them as like little thumbnails on a map, and so you can kind of have a breadcrumb trail of uh, of that kind of going across the entire thing. And th that was fun, and I enjoyed trying to figure that out. That was my first real dive into making WordPress do strange things, <laughs> um, and uh, it. It, it took a bit of work, but it was possible, and I realized right then that this is the platform that is basically infinitely scalable uh, for for whatever idea you have. I mean, yeah. so you get the idea first, that's the hard part, and then you do a plugin search, and uh, maybe there is one that exists for you, maybe there isn't, maybe you've got to glue different pieces together, um, but now that ecosystem is so well-developed yeah. Um, that uh, you know, one of my uh, uh, one of my customers, um, they they've got a website and they're using Joomla for it, and I just do a face palm, and I'm like, really? That's, I mean, and, and they're using like an antiquated version that can't be updated unless they completely redesign the website, and so there's security holes, and I'm like, okay, that's just that's bad. I'm I feel sorry for you. I weep for you. Start over from scratch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, and I think that's common to photographers, too. I think, um, I mean, I interact mostly with the wedding and portrait photographer, but I think, uh, you know, being on these legacy systems and then needing to grow their business, if they're not on WordPress, they get stuck somewhere. They get to a point where they can't go any farther, and then, you know, they have to redo it. So I think, I just think it's such a relevant topic for photographers, like, Getting well, on yeah, exactly. will bring you. It was so funny because I, I thought, okay, well, we were just doing an email exchange, me and the, the, this guy uh, with this Joomla website, and I figured, well, I'll just send him a link to, to, to find him a tutorial to upgrade the website, and, you know, that should be easy to do. <laughs> um, well, no, you have to up, update to the latest version in that series, then they say back up everything, of course, right. uh, but, I mean, they, they say this with a much stricter warning than I've, than I've ever seen before. 
Um, and then you have to upgrade the database from that version to another version, restart the website, reinitialize it, then back everything up there, and then do it to another version, uh, which brings it up to the current standard. Uh, and th th these steps are like like 15 steps within each of these. Um, and then from there, you're on the current track, and then you have to do a subversion update. And I'm like, no. No, that, yeah. that's not, no, nobody's gonna, that, that's Joomla, not WordPress. <laughs> no, that's right. Joomla. Yeah, that, 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 that no, nobody's going to do that. Uh, that's right. just broken. And that and that is why that website's so out of date. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. That's just. And that's then it, just, it cascades in and up, in on itself because you go farther and farther out of date, and it's just like, well, wh wh when do you just do it? Just take the plunge and redo it. You know. Yeah. You know, and and that's one of the reasons that um, WordPress started doing forced updates for certain versions. Like, you know, when, when there's a major security issue, that they're actually forcing the update um, so that you've got no choice. You know, and, and a lot of plugins are doing it now, too. Um, well, it, it, it didn't start because users weren't updating, although they weren't, but it was the ones who had started a blog, had started a website, and then forgotten about it. So they were just sitting on servers somewhere, yep. you know, with no real content and not getting updated. Yeah, and, you know, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was the host that actually partitioned or, or uh, you know, um, uh, petitioned for that to for that to, you know, be implemented. You know, the actual hosting companies. Um, speaking of hosting companies, um, something interesting happened. I guess it should have been added to the news. So I'm gonna just backtrack real quick. So this this actually happened. I think was announced yesterday or two days ago. ManageWP.com, which is a um, a website and a service to actually manage multiple sites run backups, do SEO scans, um, to uh, update plugins and themes and WordPress remotely, basically. You can even do it from your phone. Um, really great software that uh, a lot of WordPress um, consultants and businesses use for their clients. That system, that service, was just purchased by GoDaddy. Um, oh, interesting. And GoDaddy's plan is to leave it separate because ManageWP has such a loyal following GoDaddy doesn't want to risk this is my my actually my uh, my perspective on this um, GoDaddy doesn't want to risk uh, you know hurting the the the, lo the loyal customer base for managed WP so um, they're leaving managed WP separate as a separate entity but they're also creating basically a duplicate of it to integrate into their own GoDaddy pro hosting wow. um, so GoDaddy Pro customers are basically basically going to have managed WP um, for free, which is a nice nice service for them. Yeah. Um, so. Well, we I mean we've talked a lot about hosting. Don, where are you on that? I mean, again, you have this unusual sort of software and computer background to your photography. Um, you know, what do you recommend for photographers who are just starting out? Uh, well, I, I use HostGator as uh, as my hosting company, and they've been pretty rock solid, reliable. Um, and uh, you know, it, uh, unlimited storage, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited uh, domains, and uh, and and etc. For that, I've been with them for a long time, and they've given me no reason to change. Um, I also personally know their CTO, so yeah. um, you know, <laughs> I, I remember at one point uh, I had some sort of malware infestation years ago, and uh, and I said, hey Dave, can you take a look at this? And uh, like he had engineers on it within seconds, uh, and I'm like, okay, that. That's fantastic. I mean, I that, that's not an inside track that most people get access to. But yeah. uh, later on, because he's a busy guy and I can't, you know, put in those requests anymore, uh, I uh, I just contact them. You know, if I have an issue, say, uh, you know, 
I, I gap an SSL certificate expires, and I'm like, oh snap, I need that fixed right away. And uh, and they've been pretty good at immediately uh, rectifying the situation just by their chats and, and whatever. So um, I've, I've had, I had good luck with them. Um, and I use uh, Hover uh, predominantly now uh, for my domain registrations. They're just easy, and they don't try to oversell me on things. So and they're a Canadian company. And they are a Canadian company, <laughs> so I'm I'm happy to support local whenever possible. But uh, no, so I mean, it, that that makes it relatively easy. Those two companies, uh, you know, HostGator now has um, uh, in, enhanced services for WordPress websites as well. So if you if you are only doing WordPress, then uh, they they tailor make their uh, their server software to just you know, you know basically knock it out of the park when you're using WordPress. Uh, so yeah, they, they got a lot of good stuff going for them. Um, as far as a um, uh, as a photographer or as a visual artist of any kind, um, you don't want to get bogged down with all that technical stuff. I mean, you just want it to happen, right? Yep. And and so I have technical knowledge, so I can't say for sure that somebody without said knowledge would find it as easy as I do. Um, but I think they would. Cool. Um, so do you have a any advice for fine art photographers? Um, in, in, now, I, I'm not classifying you as a fine art photographer because you're, uh, which it, it falls into it, but at the same time, it's quite different than the average fine art photography, right? Um, but I'm going to say fine art photographer just for the general sense. Um, what type of advice for fine art photographers would you have to try? Um, or to just implement on their website things that you've done that you found effective to reach new audiences or to um, to sell more prints um, or license more photos. What what would you recommend for for other photographers? Right. Well, I had mentioned earlier that uh, one thing that is a success for me is, uh, is is building that narrative into the image, and that that's great SEO juice right there as well. Because yeah. now it's not just a photograph; you've got accompanying text that is distinct for that particular page, etc. Um, and uh, I, I would say, you know, try to promote your most unique things. Um, everybody on the planet is a landscape photographer, quote unquote. Uh, so you're not going to make any waves or splashes being a great landscape photographer, even if your images are fantastic. The competition out there is just astronomical. So uh, while that can be part of your portfolio, uh, try not to build a brand around it because then you'll get lost in kind of the white noise of the internet. Um, uh, that being said, if you've got any unique twist on landscape photography, uh, then promote the heck out of that and try to to build that into your brand, uh, build that into the front page of your website, um, and promote that predominantly more than anything else. And then everything else kind of glues together around it. Um, so when you say um, having a need, is, are you thinking more of like specializing? So say I do only barn landscapes or landscapes of Alaska. Is that what you mean? Like yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, build that into the niche. Maybe you only photograph red barns in Alaska. Uh, All right. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, sure, that, that that's really small, but I mean, I've made waves with me photographing snowflakes, and I've even created a separate website just for that particular work uh, and, and designed that around uh, a, a selling experience specifically for snowflakes. Yeah. Um, and so that, that tends to work very well for me. Um, but if you don't have that particular niche, well, then find the unique elements of your landscape photography. Sell them. Uh, as I mean, 
where they were taken specifically, that could be a unique quality. Um, the the types of trees that might be in that landscape photograph could be a unique quality. Uh, you know, it, it, and so if you can make sure that some of those words are associated with that work, you know, that the particular species of coniferous tree that happened to be in that image, well maybe somebody is looking specifically for that tree online but nobody is necessarily branding towards that thing, um, then you'll find a way for your work to rise up. To a limited audience, yes, but to an audience that is specifically looking for what you have and uh, so there could be some merit to it. Yeah, Can that's... I ask a, a technical part of it? Do you recommend, I mean, we've talked about alt tags versus image titles, and then you're, you're recommending adding words. Where do you add that? Do you add that in the caption portion? Do you add that in a blog post? I mean, what do you recommend for photographers as to where to put those keywords in? Yeah, so I, I would have it in, in the, the body text predominantly. I mean, yes, you could do image tags, sure. I mean, everything that you can possibly do to improve your SEO is going to be a value to you. Right. Um, but I, I think that if you, if you put stuff um, in text that can be read both by a search engine and by a user, yeah. Um, then that's going to be your your double hitter right there because it, you're you're both adding value to your SEO but also adding value to the person browsing your website, and I I can't speak highly enough to that. I mean, sure, a search engine you can rise to the top of that, but then once people are viewing your content, an image can speak for itself. But in most cases, when somebody's browsing your website, they want to know a little bit more. And if you're not there to tell them, and they have no reference for what that image is or why they should care about it, uh, then they disappear. I agree. Right. You're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is awesome. Um, so um, before we move into your recommended plugin that you have, um, I want I want you to share um, a couple things. One being um, Talk about uh, the book, right? So you've got this beautiful book on um, snowflakes, as we've mentioned a few times already. Um, we should tell you the title if you're not watching. Yes, yes. Sky Crystals, uh, <laughs> which can be purchased at skycrystals.ca, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and so you can uh, you can get a copy of it there. Uh, and it's a 304-page hardcover book on the topic of snowflakes. And you might think, well, how could anybody write so much on the topic of such a small thing? Um, a, uh, a third of the book is all the photographic techniques that I use to create these images. And so there's like 100 pages dedicated to the equipment, the shooting, and the post-processing. Uh, 100 pages dedicated to the science, why snowflakes form the way that they do. Uh, and then a third of it's kind of like a coffee table, flip through and enjoy all the different designs that snowflakes can come in. Um, and so this was a project that was crowdfunded. And uh, so I, I uh, blew past my original goal for, for funding, and uh, that allowed me to produce more books and make the, the quality better, or so I thought initially. Uh, and, uh, and I was really excited. I, I sent the, the book off to the printer, and they, they came back to me um, with a number of recommendations on the file, like, okay, well, this one page has a bleed that is, you know, one sixteenth of an inch not far enough. Do you want to fix that? They made, like, a whole list of small little points on that. But they missed one huge point. And it just about uh, destroyed the entire project. And that was the type of press technology that the book was being printed on was incompatible with the content in the book. Uh, and that might be confusing to some, but I'll explain that most of my snowflakes have black backgrounds. And that's a very heavy amount of ink that goes onto those pages. Right. So if you were to print that on a web press, 
something bad happens. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with uh, press technology, a web press uh, has a gigantic continuous roll of paper that is under tension that then goes through rollers uh, of the uh, CMYK colors and then it goes through a rapid drying process which uses uh, a heat of some sort to, to rapidly dry it and then a cutter and then and what have you afterwards and then it gets bound and, and everything else. But uh, if you have paper under tension that has a rapid amount of ink that's applied to it that is rapidly dried afterwards. That will cause the pages to ripple. Uh, the more ink, the more heavy this happens. It's uh, When it's a very light thing, it's technically called fluting, um, and, uh, and it can sometimes go away over time or it's not very noticeable. But with heavy ink content, it looks like water damage. And so I get the entire shipment of books to my door, 3,000 copies of this book, and every one of them is defective and talking to the printing company to fix this mistake because clearly it's nothing that would have been in my purview to understand. Uh, that's outside of my area of expertise, but it's exactly in their area of expertise. When didn't they do quality control before they sent you 3,000 books? Uh, well, I mean, the, the, the back part of the book is the one that rippled the heaviest, and then it, it cascaded through the rest of it, and they thought that that was uh, the way that it was, uh, and I think I might still have some copies of the original print run uh, just as reference, but the, the way that that was put together they thought was inside their quality control standards. And I thought that it most certainly wasn't. I mean, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist with what I do. And so I realized that this is going to hurt my brand uh, if I ship this out the way that it currently is. So uh, I argued back and forth, and they, they were basically saying, no, you can sell this. And I said, well, I can't sell it now. You're saying to wait six months for this to settle down? Well, I don't have that luxury. I need to ship this book out to people right now. Right. Um, so I shipped out a test sample of like 50 or 60 books uh, to people. Because I knew people were going to come back to me and say, hey, Don, I think my book is defective. I think it has water damage. And they did. And so that was my ammunition to bring back to the printer and say, okay, guys, this is what people are saying about my product. Uh, clearly, this means that I can't be selling this. And, uh, and so you know, finally, there was a few more discussions back and forth. And uh, I ended up uh, writing the, uh, the president of the company directly. And they were able to, to find some sort of a solution for me in which um, they were able. They're going to reprint the print run uh, on a sheet-fed press, which uh, they're not under tension. They have to dry before you print the other side of it uh, by air, and so it, it was going to work out well. And um, they they said, "Well, we'll do that, but uh, only if you agree to pay the difference in production cost." Um, and that was not a small amount of money. That was uh, the right. difference was fifteen thousand dollars. So you know that's out of my pocket. And now I'm delayed to right up against the Christmas uh, window for shipping, uh, so I can't ship anything ground anymore. I've got to ship it all air, and that cost me probably another $5,000 of unexpected expenses. So there's $20,000 uh, just disappeared to, yeah. uh, to fix a problem, but it's a problem that I needed to, to fix. I absolutely needed this book to be the best possible product that it could be. Um, and uh, I'm almost completely sold through the first production run. And um, the the book um, for anybody who picks up a copy, you're gonna you'll see the 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 amount of uh, effort that went into the final you know the the good copies. Um, the even the the just the the every photo of the snowflake of of snowflakes looks three dimensional. 
on the on the paper. It's the well, weirdest. Each, each thing. one of those images took like over four hours on average to put together as a combination of on average about forty separate images and focus stacking. Focus stacking, yeah. Wow. And and I'm I'm sitting there like losing my sanity one snowflake at a time uh, <laughs> as as I'm putting this together. And uh, uh, th thankfully, though, the the effort uh, has paid off. I mean, the the book. At the end of it, it's a happy ending. It is a success story, and I'm I'm thrilled with that. But it was, it was that. I'm gonna say it was passion driven. If I did not care about what I was doing, I would have not tried to get it redone, and I would have been happy enough with whatever I have received. Well, um, I think that's the lesson there, and that's the lesson that you can carry through to anything to do with your brand, whether it's your website, your prints, your. I mean. The fact that yes, you had to spend extra money, and yes, it was a considerable amount of extra money. But then the fact that I mean, you just got a minted coin from one of the <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah. Well, I'll, I'll even show my my business card too, because uh, this card it has spot gloss and foil stamping on the front of it, uh, and on the back uh, it has one of my iconic images. But it's also gloss where the leaves are, uh, and then the snow background is, is matte. Um, these cards are not cheap to produce. They, they, these yeah. are fairly expensive, uh, and I buy them in volume to make the cost a little bit better, but um, they make an impact. Right. And oh, yeah. so you have to, oftentimes as a visual artist, you've got five seconds of somebody's time as a first impression. Right. That's if it. That. That's all you've got. Yeah, if uh, and, uh, and so like when I do art shows and things like that, I had somebody come up to me at one of the big art shows that I do, in fact, the only one that I, that I do on a yearly basis, uh, and they say, hey, I remember you, and they dug through their wallet and they pulled out my business card that they had put in there last year and could not throw it away. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, I don't, I, I, I don't expect you to keep my card handy, you know, close <laughs> to your chest, you know, for an entire year. Um, but... Uh, it, that's that's a great compliment to the design of of that first impression product. Whether that's business card in person or your website, the same attention to detail needs to be yeah, given. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you don't want to just use a slideshow to use a slideshow. You don't want to use a thumbnail gallery to use a thumbnail right. gallery. You want to make. You don't want to use you know, um, you know, a certain color scheme just because it's it is what it is. You want to make sure that it whatever it is, it complements your brand and it complements your photographs. I, I remember I was uh, I was designing my website um, and uh, I I used a theme that was designed for photographers and displaying images and then I just tore it open and rebuilt it in the way that I wanted. Uh, not everybody can do that. I, I understand that, but um, I I looked at the core functionality that it had and I said, okay, yep, I like that. Now let's let's make that mine. Uh, let's. Let's tweak every single corner of it uh, so that it is representative of me. And right. uh, so it, it has this really cool thing when you when you're looking at the images. If you uh, if you move your mouse over one of the images in the gallery, the image moves up, and then the title of the image is underneath. Uh, and then when you click onto it, it will give you a, a fuller version of that image plus text on the side, and you can click onto it to see it in a light box. Some of the images will have. A, uh, a secondary box underneath that has a making of photograph that was not compatible with the template in any way because it, it's breaking the mold of what that is. So uh, I created custom page templates for those specific images uh, that add in the extra code to have the making of image. Uh, and will anybody really appreciate the back end effort? No, but they appreciate the front end look. And uh, and so that's that's really what people look at those images and and they get inspired by it to sometimes 
try to make those images themselves or uh, to take one of my workshops and uh, because they, they see that I am willing to give away all of my secrets and all of my knowledge is free for people to receive so in essence I give it all away for free and then I ask people to pay for it and people are more than willing to sign up for the workshop and, and, and learn it in person. Yeah, because there's one thing to, to see a video tutorial or to read a blog post tutorial. There's another thing to actually see the artist do it in front of them um, that's that's a huge learning uh, advantage. Um, so um, let's dig into real quick because um, we're getting a little short on time. Let's talk about where your upcoming workshops because um, we want people to find to you know take them. But then and then we'll dig into uh, your recommended plugin and then we'll close up. Sure. Day. So uh, I've got two workshops coming up. Well, I've got one that'll be uh, happening after, uh, or sorry, uh, before this airs. So this will be airing after a, uh, uh, a full day seminar that I'm doing in Windsor, Ontario, uh, that I call Vision Beyond Seeing, and it's a wonderful talk. It's so much fun. Sorry, all of you listeners missed it. Um, but uh, in October, I've got uh, October eighth. I'm uh, in Princeton, New Jersey, and I'm doing a full day macro photography workshop and there are still some spots available for that one. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know how many spots are left. They are filling up. So uh, if you're interested yeah. in that, um, uh, look up uh, Princeton Photo Workshops, and I am in their uh, International Pro Series, and so that's coming up October 8th, uh, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And also in October, uh, I'm going to be uh, kind of in your neck of the woods, Rachel. I'll, I'll be in uh, Seekonk, uh, Massachusetts, just outside of uh, Providence. Yeah. And uh, I'll be doing a macro photography conference uh, put on by Mike Moats. It's sold out, though, so uh, no seats available for that one, so I don't know why I'm promoting it. But I'm going to be <laughs> uh, in, uh, in the U.S. a lot in October. And so if you're around those areas, let me know. Maybe we'll get together for a coffee or something. Yeah. I know Scott, you and me are maybe going to grab a breakfast or, or something. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, because I live very close to Princeton, so we're going to hopefully meet up. Um, okay, so uh, and, and anybody who wants to find out about his future workshops, you can uh, click on the subscribe to newsletter at the bottom of his website. Um, yeah, I, sh I should put that in, a, in bigger text, but you know yeah. what? It bugs me so much <laughs> when I go to a website and they give me that big pop-up saying, sign, to, sign up to the newsletter. Like, I, I've just been to this website for like two seconds. I, I don't want to sign up to this newsletter, especially when it's being shoved down my throat. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a little bit more subtle with that. But yes, if you want to be uh, kept abreast of my uh, current adventures, then click on that link. Yeah. Do you come stateside often, or are these sort of exceptions to the rule? These are more exceptions. I mean, Windsor is just like on the border of Detroit. Uh, uh, so you know, it, I, I go to Southern Ontario uh, quite often, but uh, I, I, I'll be in um, Buffalo in I think it's April for the Can-Am Photo Expo. Uh, so yes, I it, frequently, but not all the time. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, okay, so uh, what is the plugin that you recommend for photographers to check out that you're using in your business? Um, Tell us about that. Well, it, it may have been mentioned before, but uh, it, it has really allowed me to, to make uh, a photo business out of my website, and that's uh, WooCommerce. Uh, I know it's integral to a lot of stuff that a lot of photographers do, but if you, if you are not familiar with this, um, it is a brain-dead, simple uh, e-commerce solution that is unbelievably extensible. Uh, and so I use it for selling books and posters on one website, and I use it for booking workshops on another website. Um, I, I use it, uh, I built it into the Outdoor Photography Canada website for taking subscriptions to the magazine and for paid contest entries and for everything else when they sell merchandise like hats and what have you. So. Um, 
I don't have to custom code any of that. I, if you want a plugin for Canada Post because that's what I use to ship things, uh, then that's already written and it will plug in directly to my Canada Post account for the proper calculations and everything just happens. It's perfect. Um, and it lets me figure out tax rates because when I'm selling a book, um, I, I can sell that particular product only charging uh, the GST portion of HST because Ontario tax is weird. Uh, and so I only have to charge 5% tax on that product, but for anything else I have to charge 13% tax, and it just all happens seamlessly. And it's so easy. Like, I, in the past I used the cart press, um, I used Zencart, and I, none of those were easy or convenient or understandable when, you're, when you were putting things together. Uh, yeah. and, and WooCommerce, I just, I uh, fell across it, it was recommended to me uh, when it was in its infancy as well by... Um, uh, Frederick Van Johnson uh, of the This Week in Photo Network, mm -hmm. and uh, and so Frederick said, "Don, you got to check this out. Stop whatever you're doing with any other e-commerce solution and check this out." And That's I did, awesome. and I never looked back. So yeah. WooCommerce is my recommendation. It's got the support of the WordPress community behind it, especially um, Automatic, which is that parent company. Um, and I think it speaks to what you were just talking about about giving everything away for free, so that when you're ready to pay for it you know, you're ready to pay for the best Yeah, quality. WooCommerce is free, absolutely. I yeah. can't tell you how much I've spent on plugins. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the plugins, I mean, not that they're necessarily that expensive, but if the, the more obscure the plugin gets, the more expensive it is, and right. that's just the nature of it, and that, that's fine. I don't mind paying for it because I know it's going to fit in like a perfect right. piece of the puzzle. Right. And I don't have to do anything. It's just going to fit. It's going to work. And and I'm I'm back off to being the creative person that I am, not worrying about all the technical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so the WooCommerce extensions, they um, they renew every year. So if you, like, the WooCommerce itself is free. There are a bunch of free extensions for it, but there's a lot of paid extensions, as we just said. Um, but they, they are renewed every year, and what they do is they give you a discount uh, for each renewal year that yeah. you do. So. Now, we should say that if you don't renew, your plugin doesn't disappear. Work. Right, it'll still work. You no longer get updates to it. So if there's Correct. security patches or new features or it becomes incompatible with WooCommerce as a core or WordPress, uh, and et cetera, then you're left in the dust a little bit. But right. uh, you then can say, okay, well, it's time to upgrade this, uh, and now that version is not compatible, and you haven't upgraded. Well, then you pay again, uh, or you keep it updated yearly, and you pay less. Um, well, it's so the cost of doing business. I mean, part of this is, you know, if it you're is so cheap because sell, if if you're right. doing this yourself, the cost of you putting these pieces together is a drop in the bucket compared right. to what a professional web designer would charge you to do this whole e-commerce rollout for you. Right. Um, so it, it's never been cheaper to do this. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um, well, that's a great way to end, the power yeah. of WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, um, I used to use easy to, easy to drill downloads for my eBooks and presets that I sell and that kind of stuff, and I wound up switching to WooCommerce um, because it uh, the little bit it did extra that easy to drill downloads didn't do, uh, it suited my needs for 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 me to sell that. So I'm, I'm using WooCommerce to sell my my ebooks, my presets, my, and my courses, and I'm using NextGen Gallery, NextGen Pro to sell my photos and license my photos. So, right. you know, you can use a lot of different things to do different tasks um, to make, you know, your life easier, and um, and you can do a lot of things that don't butt heads, that just work side by side. Yeah. So, um, the that the power of, Word, of WordPress is... Is amazing. So <laughs> I think I think we're, here. Yeah. We're, we're we're preaching to the choir though. I yeah. mean, people listening to this podcast, they're probably already using WordPress. 
Uh, there's actually a, there's actually a lot that that listen that are trying to convert from Squarespace to WordPress. Right. Oh, okay. And cool. they're trying to learn, um, you know, the different different things that they can um, do to make their lives easier when they convert. So, um, anyway, so uh, anything you'd like to add, Don, before we close? No, I, I think we kind of covered everything. I've I've got uh, I've got a lot of stuff uh, in the works right now. Some stuff that I've just announced, like that Snowflake coin. Some other stuff that I will be announcing shortly. Uh, I'm I'm working with uh, uh, like like I mentioned that BBC series just aired, um, and I'm I'm working with uh, Discovery Channel and National Geographic on some projects that I can't talk about yet. But um, there's lots of fun stuff happening, and I'm really excited for when I can announce those next those next wonderful projects. Ah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure everybody else is going to be looking forward to it as well. So, um, thank you, Don, for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Rachel, for being an awesome co-host. <laughs> and uh, you can find the show notes from today's episode at imagely.com slash podcast slash 23. 23. Yes. So, until next time. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.